Welcome to another episode of The Crown and Spear. I'm your host, Stephen Litchfield, and this is my co-host, Gary Litchfield. And we got another great episode. We have another show. <laughs> yeah. We got another show. That works. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. You decide whether it's great and then write us and tell us about it. Sure. If it's that bad, just say, well, guys, you did a show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get a lot of those. Um, so, how was your week? Uh, it's been like one of those normal weeks, a lot going on. Uh, you know, we talked last week about having the uh, Bigfoot that I did, and uh, we ended up selling uh, three of those. Cool. Uh, so I ended up having to carve two more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the uh, Mount Airy Farmer's Market, a lady came by who is from Marion, North Carolina, which is just about an hour, hour and a half from here. Okay. And it's where they hold a Bigfoot festival. And she saw them and thought they were absolutely fantastic and that I ought to come to their Bigfoot festival and I'd probably sell a bunch of them. So they used to have it in September, but they moved it this year to May, so it's already happened this year. But I wrote them and said that I'd be interested would they send me vendor information and I put a picture of my Bigfoot. And they thought, that was awesome. We'll get in touch. Oh. So so that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then uh, through our local farmer's market here in Elkin, we bought a half a bushel of green beans. And they're a particular type that are called, I think the lady called them jade. They're not as stringy as regular green beans or stringy beans. Because right. um, we wanted to make some dilly beans. You know what dilly beans are? No. <laughs> Do you know what dill pickles are? Yes. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with beans instead of cucumbers. So you, then your house is going to stink all day. It probably is. Okay. Yeah. So right now it, it smells like uh, kosher dill. Mm, so I got seven wonderful. jars, quart jars, of dilly beans that have just finished going through the hot bath and are sitting there cooling and the little lids will be popping in a little while. That means they're sealed and sometime tomorrow we can try them. <laughs> they say 12 to 24 hours before you eat them, let them sit. So we'll give them a shot sometime tomorrow. Okay. So that's what I've been doing for most of the morning. And I had a lot of beans left over, so I cut some up and put them in a pot with some bacon and salt and put that on to cook. So they probably won't be ready until supper time. <laughs> and it's lunchtime now. So they got to cook for a while to soften up. Okay. Fresh green beans. Fresh green beans. So I've had a busy day so far, besides working on our show for today and watching a video on how to do some new techniques for the uh, craft stuff that we do for the farmer's market, and then watching a YouTube video on how to make the dilly beans. Ah, yeah. So I had made the pickles before, but I hadn't done the beans, and it's basically the same process. So you just cut up beans and stick them in a jar instead of pickles. Or cucumbers that make pickles. <laughs> well, for me, um, I did uh, an episode on the finale of the the new Star Trek show. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched that one. I did last yeah. one. <laughs> and I also did a uh, really short, uh, try to do like a non-spoiler review of the first episode of the Terminal List. I haven't seen that and don't even know what it is. Well, it's the, it's based on a book by this guy named uh, James Carr. Okay. It was... Uh, I think he was a Navy SEAL at one point. Oh. And uh, Chris Pratt plays yes, the, the main character. Name, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And it's interesting. And um, uh, when I was uh, 
going to Walmart, taking mom to Walmart the other day. Or yes. Yesterday. Yesterday. Um, and we were talking about that, and she said, "Is it anything like?" Uh, or no, I think I brought up uh, the the show uh, Reacher, and she said, yes. uh, "Y'all, when you went to go visit Josh uh, last time, did you watch some episodes?" Yeah, we had and, to turn it and off. And I was like. You should have talked to me first because <laughs> I saw it and I was like, I know there's some scenes that mom's not going to like. <laughs> and it was, and we turned it off. So uh, We started watching it, and uh, and lo and behold, it's bleep this, bleep that, that I won't say they didn't bleep it. It was the words being said. Uh-huh. And then there was some nude scene with the guy, and uh, your mother said, and why are we watching this? I said, well, I thought it was going to be a nice adventure show, but it has not turned out that yeah. way. So we ended up switching channels. Well, besides two particular scenes, which happens within maybe the first three episodes, and the language, the rest of it is pretty good show. <laughs> <laughs> I just get tired of hearing the language. It yeah, just, I understand. Yeah, yeah, It ends up filtering into your thinking, and I find myself sometimes not saying the words, but somebody will do something and I'll think the word. Yeah. And I'm like, I just shouldn't even thought that. That's a bad word. Yeah, that happens. So yeah. I try to avoid them so I don't do that. Yeah, I understand. So, and then, uh, uh, you know, your mother's not been real well for the last two years. And there's a new song out, uh, In Jesus' Name, mm-hmm. by somebody. And I forgot her name just now. <laughs> um, anyway, cool song. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes in, like she says, I'm praying this over you. I'm praying in Jesus' name, in the name of all authority, it says in there, and praying for tragedies that are in your life and those kind of things. And so, you know, the other day, uh, your mother and I were sitting on the front porch, and I, and she was kind of upset about how she's been feeling. And so I just held her hand and told Alexa to play that song. I said, as this is being sung, I'm praying this over you. And then when the song ended, I just said, in Jesus' name, amen. But she has been doing uh, better lately. She has, but the last two days, she's just felt very, very weak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she's supposed to go back to the doctor sometime soon. Uh, Monday, she's supposed to have another uh, iron infusion yeah, that will okay. supposedly help kick her back up a little bit. But okay. yeah, the last one was a couple months ago, and it wore off, I guess. Yeah. So, right. well, let's move on. Yeah. Um, let's get into our normal things, our places where you can find us. Uh-huh. Alexis, iHeartRadio, Rumble, Spotify, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked to a couple people at the farmer's market and gave them some of our cards, and one guy said he was definitely going to tune in. So if you're watching, hello, glad you're with us. Cool. Tell your friends. Uh, he's, although probably most of his, I think he said he listens while he's in his car going places. Yeah. So he won't see us. Good well, thing, probably. Yeah. Um, we do have the audio version. I mean, like you that's just right. They, they're there. Yeah. And uh, then if somebody wants to write us and tell us about how good or bad we're doing, or to request something, uh, let us know what you'd like to hear something about. Maybe we'll try to pop it in where we can. Mm-hmm. Write to us at the, the Crown and Spear at gmail And if you are watching us on Rumble or YouTube, at least on YouTube, don't forget to uh, share, 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 and ring that bell. Isn't that fun to hear through your headset? It just goes right through the middle of your brain. I I feel like there should be seagulls flying over, (laughs) but... Something like that. It's technically a cow builder going to come marching through here any minute now. (laughs) So anyway, don't forget to do all that stuff. And uh, if it's in Rumble, it's that little boxer glove that you hit to show you liked it yeah 
So uh, go in there and punch us with the box. Or sure. Glove. So help our numbers to jump up a little bit. All right. All right. That's uh, the beginning, Bart. Then uh, we'll go to our first commercial break, and we'll be right back after this. Hope everybody had a great, restful, exciting break right there, and maybe you watched and saw some cool stuff. It's always cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so what happened during the break? Well, I had to go to the gas station. You did, and, yeah. But I had to go inside and everything to get something. Well, while I was waiting in line, the guy that was ahead of me was talking to the clerk, and he was saying to the clerk, like, "Why are the uh, the, the the air pumps?" Because he was using the air pump. Right. He's like, why are the air pumps so expensive right now? And the clerk said, because inflation. <laughs> yes. Inflation affects everything. Even the air pump. <laughs> yeah. At least I caught that one right away. Yeah, and didn't last have to time you were like, stare at you. Cricket, and say, what? Cricket. What? <laughs> where, where was that one? Okay. So, at the gas station and inflation on the tires. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guess where we're at today? Somewhere in First John. Uh, man, you're accurate. You've uh, been paying attention for the last month. That and I read your screen. Oh, there you go. It <laughs> helps. There it is. First John 2, 20 through 23. Uh-huh. And this one is going to be about anointing. Cool. And we'll ask you that question in a minute. What's anointing? So think about that for just uh, a minute. Figures. Give you time to think while we bring up the first verse. But you... Have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. That's pretty important. Now, we're going to kind of define anointing in a minute. So, again, keep your thought pattern running there. Don't let your brain just go to sleep on me while I'm talking here. Like, you know, this isn't technically church, so you're not allowed to fall asleep in church. You know, you got to stay awake here. <laughs> but you get the best naps. There you go. All right. So, we're going to get to that in a minute. But this here is stating that this anointing comes from the Holy One. Now, who do you think the Holy One is talking about there? Well, you know, like God. Or, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. And I there's mean, three parts to that I, God, I, right? I assume it's not some person walked by that's got a <laughs> hole through his body. Or no, no, no. This is the Holy One, which really is going to talk about the Father. Yes. Now, things usually come to us when we're talking about the Holy One through the Holy Spirit, all yeah. God. Mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, they're all co-equal and authority power being all that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. uh so but it comes from them and that that anointing from him enables us to be able to know truth um and you know right there it says uh but you have an anointing from the holy one and all of you know the truth now in our crazy world out there people don't all understand what truth is um, what's truth to you? Uh, something that is accurate. Okay, accurate. That's or, good. 
I would say, you know, uh, when I read the Bible, right. what I believe the Bible's saying to be true, right. that that is the truth. That's it, yeah. I mean, one of the authors, and again, name went out of my mind, it's in my library, which is in a box somewhere in a storage building, mm-hmm. uh, a fellow wrote about true truth. And what he was talking about is that everything that comes from God is what is true truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, people today will say that truth is relative. It's something may be true for you. Was well, it man or uncle? Yes, it could have been. Okay. <laughs> but they're saying it could be true for you, but it may not be true for me. Uh-huh. Uh, because, you know, I, I am the developer of what is true. They, they try to say you as an individual are the one who is describing that something, whatever it might be, is true. Mm-hmm. And that somebody else might look and say, well, I really don't believe that, so I don't see it as true. And so they're, they make truth subjective to the individual rather than an objective God who says this is the truth. And so it says here that this anointing comes to us from the Holy One, and then we're able to know the truth. The anointing from God is imparted to us by God so that we can know that. And then, mm-hmm. again, generally speaking, the person of the Godhead who you know, does that anointing to us, who gives us the things, who interacts with us, is God the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus, when he left, he said, I'm sending you another comforter. Mm-hmm. And that was the Holy Spirit who came, and he's the one that's with us now. Okay, Even though we can't see him here right now, he's here. He's with us. Okay, So let's go on. Uh, so what we want to do now is get to this idea of anointing. And what do you think anointing means or well i don't know like necessarily definition but when i think of something that's been anointed that is something in in a sense has been chosen okay um and like like there's times in the bible where where someone was anointed like uh david for example right he was uh, anointed with oil right to be chosen to be the king of israel even though at the time was it um was it samuel or, or was it Nathaniel. Who was it the one that annoyed him? I want to say Samuel. Okay. Probably was. I can't my, remember off the My brain head. is slipping on this I know. Things. I was like, <laughs> which one was it? Anyways, but he was anointed by whoever one it was to be the future king. Right. Even though at the time, Saul was the king. king. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So an anointing comes from somebody, a lot of times in those days, dumping something on you. Yeah. Okay. And often but, but they But it is a symbolism right. of you know like a you could say maybe a covenant yes. or of being chosen to yes. do to do something, something. Yeah. yeah well here's one that i pulled up and it's uh, to smear or rub with oil typically as part of a religious ceremony mm-hmm. high priests were anointed with oil and in that day they often used olive oil and there's even one i looked it up when uh, when aaron was anointed as high priest uh, it talked about him pouring the oil on his head and it running down his hair and onto his beard and onto the garment, his clothing. So, I mean, they did, didn't just, you know, a lot of times today when you see somebody say in some churches that do anointings, uh, they they put a little bit of oil on their finger or their thumb and they rub a cross or yeah, something on their forehead. And yeah. they call that an anointing. And, it, you know, it, it can be. Different denominations look at it in different ways. Um, but here... I mean, it wasn't just a little mark of oil on the head. I mean, they dumped it on him. <laughs> you know, this was an anointing. It mm-hmm. went all over him. Um, and so, but it was, as you were saying, uh, symbolic of 
uh, in a sense that as the oil runs over them and coats them and covers them, and it used a, a pure olive oil, it was a picture and a uh, um, I'm just losing the words I want to say there uh, of God the Holy Spirit resting on you, giving you authority and and a power to do what God wants you to do, and it was just literally running over you and covering you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big picture there of, of what anointing is about. Okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I got stuck there in my throat. Um, so, so do you think that after he got anointed like that, that he smelled like Italian food? Probably. Good probably. old olive oil. Sure. All right. Then next, uh, ceremonial conferred uh, divine or holy office upon a priest or a monarch, and we've already mentioned both of those. I mentioned a priest, you've mentioned a monarch, mm-hmm. uh, by smearing or rubbing with oil. Um, so, you know, this is that was the process they went through to say that this person has been set apart. They are different from the rest of them. They've been chosen by God. Uh, they're being anointed to show the, the covering of God over them and the power of God coming upon them for the office of which they're going to hold. Um, so it's an important part in thinking about that anointing. Um, we don't see people nearly do that kind of thing today in any kind of church or ceremony. Other than I said, some people talk about doing it an anointing with oil. It's usually just rubbing a little bit on their head. Mm-hmm. Um, our denomination, Presbyterian Church of America, is not real big on doing much anointing, but it has been done by some people I know, and I've even done it once. We had somebody that was sick in the church and they wanted to be anointed with oil and have the elders pray over them. And we had them come up to the front of the church, and we didn't dump the oil over their head, but we did put oil on their head, uh, around the top of their head and on the forehead, and then all the elders gathered around and laid our hands on top of them, and we all prayed for that person uh, to help for a, a healing situation. Um, so, you know, that that is done from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, having an anointing, Definitely means a, a setting apart, uh, something you're you're set to by God to do. Um, let me go and bring in the next one here too. Uh, to designate as if by uh, ritual anointing. So there, you know, it was one of the definitions that was in I don't remember it was in Webster's or one of the dictionaries. Uh, but it's again setting somebody apart, designating them through this ritual service of anointing, and again that is to set them apart for a calling. Now, all that still applies. Is it collect? Yes. <laughs> a collect call there. Uh, God's going to collect from us because he's given us the call. <laughs> do, sure. do what I've told you to do. Okay. So we're, we're to follow him. Uh, nowadays in, in denominations, instead of doing this process of pouring on the oil and anointing them, generally what we have today is what they call a laying on of hands. Um, I know when I became a pastor, uh, there was no anointing with oil, but having gone through Bible college and seminary, and you know I ended up spending four years of seminary instead of three like some people do, but I got two degrees out of it. Um, uh, then you have to go before a committee of presbytery, which is usually six to eight men. Uh, some are um, pastors, as we call them, uh, teaching elders, and then mm-hmm. the others are ruling elders who are men from the churches 
who the churches have picked to be in leadership positions. And anyway, they question you and examine you on all your different beliefs of theology and church government and church history and a whole lot of different things. It takes about three hours. Uh, it's a long, long process. And I remember one of those that I walked into uh, to get ready to go in, and I didn't know this guy was going to be there, but he was one of the founding fathers of our denomination, a guy who I knew to be like seminary professor and teacher and and uh, pastor of a church and you know super knowledgeable guy mm -hmm. and i i'm one of those guys that freaks out in the middle of an exam and f starts forgetting what you're supposed to say and oh, i walked in, i know the feeling you, you know that feeling and i walked in that room and saw him sitting at a table and i almost turned around and just walked out <laughs> but it's not even worth it however having done that i got in there got through most of it and at at, at one point he asked a question and my mind did one of those going blank and you i called a brain fart yeah and i remember looking at him and i said Dr. Smith, I'm drawing blank. I know, I know this, but it just won't come. And he sat there for about 10, 15 minutes and explained an entire theological position. And then he looked at me and he said, now, Gary, is that what you believe? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, having said all that, you go through that whole process. And, and, you know, and then if they approve you in committee, you go before the entire presbytery. Mm -hmm. And the presbytery is generally 60, 70, 80 people. And again, pastors and elders from the, all the different churches. And again, they examine you on the floor of Presbytery, and it can take several hours. Uh, they ask whatever they want in each of these different areas of theology and Bible and, like I said, church history, all that stuff. And, uh, and then if you pass that, then the church that you are being called to, a group of those men will come as a committee to that church, and they have an ordination service. And in that ordination service, uh, after somebody preaches and everything else, they get you front and they ask you a certain set of questions about you uh, staying true to theology and to the Bible and to, you know all those things into your commitment of office. And then that group of men all gather around you and lay their hands on you and pray over you, and it's called ordination. And so that's kind of what we have today in place of what we normally would look at Old Testament time of an anointing, although other churches do other things, but it's how ours does. I feel like I, uh, earlier when you were talking about the, the elders and stuff like that, I feel like if anybody who is watching this that doesn't know what you know that means, right. you're, you're not necessarily talking about the old people in the church. Right. You know, the elders are just people who are you know appointed or elected right. as... Uh, positions of authority. Yeah, positions of authority. Leaders, Leaders of, of the, the church. church. Yeah. And it tells us in Scripture that you know people who do that are not to be, as one of the verses says, not a novice. In other words, somebody hasn't just become a Christian, and you say, "Oh man, they they, they work in a business and they know leadership skills, you know, and they've become a Christian now. Let's put them in church leadership." You don't do that. Mm -hmm. Give them time to have some experience. Well, again, it's the idea of elder means sometimes that it's an older person, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, I mean, there are times that I there mean, are elders in churches that could yeah. be in their twenties. Yes, I mean, uh, when as I was long as ordained, they show that they have that wisdom and knowledge. Right. Uh, to be in that position. Right. Just when I was ordained, I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. mid-20s, mid towards late 20s, by the time I went through Bible college and seminary and you know did some work and everything and all that. Uh, but uh, one of my brothers was elected as an elder in a church, you know, and he was in his 20s when he did that. So, And I know other guys, friends that have been in different churches and you know, elected in. Uh, but it's, it's a position of leadership out of the church and 
that is, in a sense, an anointing from the Holy Spirit to come to us and guide us into uh, helping to lead the church, lead the people, teach them along the way. And so going back up to our original passage, we have this anointing coming from God that literally comes on every person who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because you can't understand who the Lord Jesus Christ and come to him unless God the Holy Spirit puts faith in you. And once the faith is there, your eyes are open and you think, I want to believe in him. I want to follow him because then it's there. And that's the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us. And again, different denominations may see that differently, but that's the way we look at it. All right. So let's go on to the next verse then. Uh, verse 22 or 21. I was looking at the second screen here. Uh, do, I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Remember, we were talking about truth earlier, mm -hmm. but this is the anointed truth from God coming to us to understand who he is and his word and to follow it. So he's saying, I do not write to you because you, wait a minute, I do not write to you because you do not know the truth. So mm -hmm. he's saying that in a way to saying, you know the truth. Okay? And so again, then he changes it because you do know it. We know the truth of God's word because God, the Holy Spirit, is residing in us. And that is that anointing of the Holy Spirit in us who then opens our eyes up that when we read Scripture, we can understand it. And then, you know, and, and again, I want to say there, you know, there are some passages that are harder than others. You know, there's sometimes I'll read a passage and I'm thinking, what in the world does that mean? You know, and it takes time to sit back and read it and think about it, meditate upon it, come back to it. I usually try whenever I'm putting things together, even for this or when I preach on a regular basis, to go to commentaries last. I always try to say, God, what are you teaching me here first? And I would take the passage and usually I would take like, like one time I preached through the book of Ephesians. I sat down and read the entire book of Ephesians beginning to end all the way through. Mm -hmm. And then I came back and I did that again, read it all the way through. Then I printed it out on paper from the computer so it was all wide margins and double spaced. And as I read it the third time, I began circling words that I thought, this sounds important, this sounds important, this sounds important. Then I, after I got through doing that, I started going back and looking, how does that word pop up in different chapters? And how do they relate to each other? And I began looking at things that way to see where everything fit. And then uh, then I began looking up definitions of the words and how they fit and what biblical Hebrew and Greek tense they were in and all those kind of things. Pulling all that together and then read commentary last. And sometimes I'd get a little bit different view or sometimes I think, oh, I got that pretty good, you know. Um, but that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit who guides us in his own word. And he's telling them here, you know, I don't have to tell you the truth. You know the truth. Why do you know it? Because God, the Holy Spirit, said you're telling you the truth. And again, remember I said the thing earlier, we were dealing with true truth. And, you know, people having all different forms of truth. Well, the real truth is coming from the Bible. And I think you said something to that effect at that point. I can't remember the exact wording you said a little while ago, but it was something to knowing what God is sharing with you or doing or telling you or something. Sure. You accept that because you don't remember what you said either. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, it, you know, it is a confirmation of God's word and that it's real because the Holy Spirit's you know told us if this is real, this is what real truth is. 
It is that anointing of the Holy Spirit on us makes us to understand what's real and to be able, because it is real, it enables us to know it and then to be able to proclaim that truth to others. So this anointing of the Holy Spirit is a pretty important thing. Okay, Next passage is 22. Uh, who is the liar? We'll just stop there in that verse. Who's the liar? Satan. Absolutely. And what's the Bible say? He's not only a liar, but the father of lies. Okay. We've read that one some other time, not too long ago, I think, mm -hmm. in one of the passages. Uh, Satan is a deceiver. Mm -hmm. He will try to say, well, tch, you don't really know the truth. Or you read a passage and you, you think, man, that's that's a really hard thing there. God said this is so, and that's hard for me to believe because you know it's just not the way the world goes. And Satan will sit around and say, yeah, that's right. That's really not the word of God. You don't want to follow that. You know, I feel like a lot of people do that. They know, do. Really. Yeah. They get their own uh, sense of their world and life view, and they're like, well, I'll believe this in the Bible, but this doesn't fit my world and life view yes. right now. So yes. I'm like, <laughs> actually, with a, a friend of mine of another denomination, which I won't mention, and he was going through training to be a pastor, mm -hmm. and uh, we were dealing with talking about a passage, I think it was in Timothy at the time. And I said something about what it believed. And he goes, oh, no, no, it doesn't believe. It. He said, that's just not true. I said, what do you mean it's not true? It's what the Bible says. It's right here. He said, oh, that was just the guy who wrote that particular book. That was his opinion. I said, oh, really? And I picked my Bible up off the, the table. And I said, okay, there's 66 different books here. And I, what is it, 20-some different authors throughout the, the scriptures, I think it is. Something like that. I forgot the numbers. I never keep up with facts like that. But anyhow... Uh, you know, all these different people wrote all the different books that are in the Bible. Uh -huh. I said, now, which part out of here do I need? I grabbed one of the pages. I said, if this one was man-made by some man-written author and not the absolute word of God, then I can just rip this page out and we don't need it, right? And his eyes got about so big, like, what do you mean? I said, well, this book is either the word of God given to us cover to cover, or it's all false. So mm -hmm. why don't we? Why we? Why are you bothering to go through seminary? Why are you bothering to to learn? Why you know? Let's get rid of it. And he was just bumbling around. He didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to say, because some of it to him wasn't true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally had this conversation online with someone the other day, and I used that uh, one scripture verse about you know all scripture is God breathed. Out of Timothy. Yeah, out of Timothy. Yeah. And uh, you know, so just because you have some multiple different guys writing different things in the Bible. It's not just, oh, this is their perspective and stuff. Um, a lot of them, one, have, have experienced a lot of this stuff. Right. But also, the Bible says that it's all God breathes. So it's all inspired by God. Just because it might have been in that person's you know way of they right. were talking, their wording or something, it, it was still inspired by God. It was well, this, God used men to sit down and write it. Yeah. But they were so empowered, that God-breathed part, were so empowered by the Holy Spirit that what they wrote came out as if they just thought it up themselves almost yeah. because it came out in their style. People say, well, I can read your book and then read another book and say, oh, I, Stephen wrote both of these because I can see the style. Uh -huh. you know. And then they'll say, well, so Paul wrote this because it's Paul's style and it wasn't John or you know one of the other guys. This was Paul. And so then... You know, with that, God used that, but that every word, every 
as some people put it, jot and tittle, the little things in the Hebrew language that are around different letters to make them different words. Every one of them is exactly what God wants it to be. That's it's as if God wrote it himself. Yes. But, you know, he was just using these men right. in their style. Right. So so it all fits together. Yeah. And, and yet there are people that will say, well, you know, well, that's just what Paul's opinion was. Yeah. And that comes up a lot on particularly like, and there'll be another controversial thing, women being preachers. Our denomination doesn't believe women can do that uh, because there are verses that say it's men. And uh, it's very deliberate. The original language uses all masculine terms, and it's there. And folks will get mad about that because they think it's okay for women to be the pastor. I don't, you know. So you can write us at <laughs> the crown and spirit gmail.com. Uh, but anyway, it's out there. So you're, you're wanting me to move on. <laughs> I just don't want to read the hate mail. That's right. Anyway, so let me go on back here. We got into all that because who is the liar? Satan is the one. It is whoever listens to this. It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist denying the Father and the Son. It all goes together. You can't sit there and say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ, but this, this whole Godhead, Father and Son thing, I don't believe that. Well, it's all there. It's in the scriptures. You can't deny it. And so he's saying the liar is those who deny Jesus Christ. So just think about that now. Everybody that's out there somewhere around in the world who denies Jesus is the Christ and the only way to heaven. They are, as we looked at it last week, that small a antichrist. They're not the one, but they are an antichrist that is out there. Uh, and, and because of them denying Christ, they're a liar. And they'll misinterpret whatever thing, anything else says in Scripture. You know, uh, So they gotta, they got to think through that. So because of denying Jesus Christ as who he is, they are an antichrist. And there are a lot of those out there that's a bigger number than I think we can even imagine that are folks who are, are anti-Christ because they don't believe in him. They haven't given, given that gift of faith by the Holy Spirit. And then our final verse for the day is, No one who denies the Son has the Father. Important point. Uh, whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And that's an important point because uh, our salvation comes through Jesus. He is the one that came to the cross, died, rose from the grave, ascended in heaven, preparing a place for us. He is part of the Godhead, as we describe it, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But whoever, you know, uh, no one who denies the Son has the Father. It's important to have the Father because what did Jesus say? Let me bring this up. From John 14, this is the Gospel of John, 6 and 7. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to who? Father. The Father, except through me. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was proclaiming, you want to get into heaven? Got to get through God the Father. But how do you get there? You get through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am the way, the truth the life. So he is the one with all that. And we got to have our focus on him. But when we have that and we have him and follow him, we also have the Father. If I had, uh, he says, if you had known me, 
you would have known the Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you've seen him. Now, again, visual eyes haven't been on God the Father. We haven't seen him. But Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're that alike. People say that about you and me sometimes. I know. I always tell them, <laughs> we're not related. <laughs> I've had people that know me for a while, and then somebody, they see you somewhere, and they say, hey. And the weird thing is, I've seen your mini-me. <laughs> I said, what? He said, you can't deny that boy. He looks just yeah. like you. How am I your mini-me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes from that movie. I, I know what it comes from that know. movie, but you know, mini-me was so, also... Well, you know. you're younger than I am, so that's wow. yeah, that makes you the mini-me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Back in the day, uh, when I was younger, uh, a lot of people thought that Josh and I uh, looked alike. Some people even thought that we were twins. Yeah. And uh, Well, there was early times on, because... Tim, the oldest, was always small. Yes. And then Josh Still is. got big kind of quick. And then yeah. you came along, and you're all just a year or so apart. Yeah. Uh, and there were times we'd have you all three out together and said, oh, look, you had triplets. <laughs> Confusing the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, when you were calling me uh, your, your mini mini uh, there were times like when we were back at uh, Northside right. uh, and, and people who were you know, in school, well, not school, in class, like with, with Josh or something, his grade. Right. Um, and they would see me like, oh, look, it's little Josh. Little Josh. <laughs> like, hey, not my name. It's not my name, that's right. Uh, so anyway, back to this here. Uh, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. He is the one we got to go through. He's the one, you know, we need to point to. But when we know Jesus, we know the Father, and that's how we get into heaven. It is... Uh, very important to get there. And so the idea of anointing is what we've looked at today. We are anointed by God the Holy Spirit to have that knowledge and understanding of the Scripture. So the God-given uh, ability to know Jesus and thus to know the Father and to go to heaven. That's mm -hmm. our point for the day. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go to our... Uh Break. Break. Or one of our prayer. Then we go to prayer. Pray. Right? That's yes. right. We do prayer first. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, it's something we don't talk about a whole lot in many circles. Uh, but the Holy Spirit anoints us with the gift of faith, enables us to believe so that we know Jesus and therefore we know the Father. And therefore, we know we're going to heaven when we leave this place. So, Father, we thank you for that great anointing. That not only helps us to know you, but it helps us to know your word and to be able to read it, to be able to understand it, be able to communicate it with others. As Steve and I sit here and talk back and forth, we have a joint understanding of your word because we both have the same Holy Spirit in us. Father, thank you for anointing us as your children and letting us follow you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
And we're back. I hope everybody enjoyed that break. I say that every time because, you know, it's fun. It's repetitive. Well, you always go on these wild adventures, yeah. even when you're, it's an inflating attire. Yes. Or well, th- this time. <laughs> beating you know, around the bush. This time, it, I felt like I didn't have a whole lot of time. Right. So I decided I was just going to go play a, a quick round of uh, mini golf. Of mini golf. Yeah. And while I was playing, I came across this one guy who uh having a little bit of trouble, you know, with his swing and everything. Uh-huh. But uh, I looked down and I noticed he was wearing two pairs of pants. Two pair of pants. Yes. I'm like, um, you know, I didn't know the guy's name, but I was like, uh, excuse me, um, just out of curiosity and all, why are you wearing two pairs of pants? And he's like, it's, it's in case I get a hole in one. Ah, uh, yes. You need that backup. <laughs> if you so, get a hole in one there, folks, you need another pair of pants. After that. I've had that happen before. <laughs> you don't want to be going commando when you get a hole in pants. <laughs> But it's freedom. <laughs> All right. So. I think we ought to end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get what we, we have right there. That's right. Remember where you can find uh, St. Life Entertainment and mm-hmm. Stephen's cool shirts like All the one he's wearing. Words. Yes. And the one that I'm wearing. Which way do I need to go? Right there. I can't get between the, the microphone and see the screen. Mm. I have the Crown and Spear shirt on today. Yeah. Uh, so they, and there's so many other awesome shirts. Uh, we ought to bring the ones you got down and hang them up in here someday, and let yeah. us see some of them. I, I like the one with the name Jesus, and the J looks like a fish hook, and it's got the fish hanging on it, which is the old symbolism of the ichthys, the Greek word mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, mm-hmm. for those who believed in Him, mm-hmm. and that's a cool one. And uh, the uh, a God thing, you think, or at a God thing, that's something like that. Well, uh, but going back to to the the fish one, you know. Uh, it's also a symbolism of how the the first people he called uh, to be his disciples, uh, some of them were fishermen. fishermen. Many of them were, and and so he was, you know, saying that you're going to be, go from being fishermen to fisher of men. men. Yeah, so. yeah. Actually, in the early times, right after Jesus' uh, crucifixion and resurrection and all that. Uh, it was very unpopular to be a follower of Christ. Uh, they were trying to kill people. Mm-hmm. And some of them, when they would meet somewhere, uh, as they were standing around talking, one would make the overloop and down of the fish symbol, and the other person would come along and make the underloop, and then they knew each other were both of the fish mm-hmm. and uh, followers of Christ. Which was also during a time when uh, Paul was Saul, and he was very uh, instrumental in... Mm-hmm. You know, executing yeah. Christians. He was trying to purify the church. He mm-hmm. really thought he was doing the job of the church to get rid of these people who were Christ followers because that didn't fit with the narrative that they had at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus showed up and said, hey, you're doing it wrong, Paul. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. <laughs> yeah. So so with that said, uh, as a reminder of my shirt... Yeah, St. Life Entertainment. No, go to the next slide. Oh, next slide. Okay. Um, the real Stephen TV. TV up there, right? Which is what this is from. And you have all your variety of shows on there where you talk about movies, movies shows, shows, and, pop, you know, stuff like that. and yeah. uh, some gaming things or something. I yeah. think you said you do some of that somehow. Well, eventually I like to. I'm still getting the kinks worked out of uh, yeah, stuff. The, some of these computer things are just really a pain. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then, of course, myself with the Woodchuck and Creator Crafts. Uh, We've been having some good times at the uh, Farmer's Market in Mount Airy and in Elkin. 
yesterday was a bummer of a day when they sold uh, one thing to one person for ten bucks. So we sat there for all that time, and that was it. Wow. Uh, so we need we needed some more going on there. Uh, slim day, but it comes and goes. You know, it was kind of a day where it was threatening storms, and some people just didn't show up to the market, thinking it would be a messy day. Turned out to be a nice day though. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, we sell stuff there and on Creator Crafts Facebook. Yes. Uh, it's none of the prices are listed there. I think Facebook doesn't let you do all that, but you can always uh, message me out of the Facebook page, and uh, we will get to you about what things cost and if you want it shipped or whatever. We can get that worked out. Mm -hmm. So okay. that takes care of all that. All right. Uh, I want to make a note. Some of you might see, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's, it's kind of crossed here. It's a, a watermark for, um, I think it's like Filmora, the new editing software, software that, yeah. that's being used. Because the last one that we were using stopped working. And uh, this it one... It crazy your computer giving you that dreaded blue screen. It well, it did down. blue screen one time. And, okay. and then uh, it just it would never go past like... Uh, sixteen percent when you try to upload, upload or so whatever. And so, anyways, what I'm getting at right here is this: this program we're using now is a great program, uh, but the the free version has this Batter darn little right watermark going the across there. there. Uh, so with that said, we have a donation link. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to help us pay to get rid of that, batter, get rid of that. That'd be great. Uh, and, and that's in the description down below where you can go to the about section and, and uh, find it there it's as well. There too, yeah. Uh, so, and there's all sorts of stuff you can look at uh, in, in the description. You know, find something, click on it. You might like whatever you see. Awesome. Uh, so you got anything else you want to add? I think we're pretty much got it wrapped up. Okay. Well, I want to say to everybody, uh, if you liked this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment down below and give us your opinions on stuff. Uh, good bad whatever um so with that said uh for all of us here at the crown and spear i'm your host Stephen litchfield and this is gary litchfield and we'll catch y'all next time